0: Blue Lion. Eckler inside his blocks. Still on his feet. And gonna go the rest of the way. Rivers will take a deep shot. Separation. Caught by Austin Eckler for the touchdown. Eckler with the handoff. Into the end
1: zone. Touchdown. Chargers. Rivers throws. Pass caught. Touchdown.
0: In stride. He goes to Eckler. Austin Eckler. One of the better receiving backs in the NFL. What up, Snapback fam? I'm super excited to have you guys hear our conversation with Chargers running back, Austin Eckler. It was a super fun convo. He talked about Kobe and his experience meeting and hearing from him, but also his incredible career, what it's come to from dates so far, and much, much more. So let's get it. What's going on, everyone? I am super, super, super excited to welcome Austin Eckler, running back, Los Angeles Chargers, and I have a few stats to read out to give him the proper intro. In 2019, 557 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, 92 receptions, 993 yards, eight touchdowns, 10th in the league in catchers. Christian McCaffrey, who everyone gives all this love to, only 12 yards ahead of my man and had a few more catches than him, or a few less catches, rather. Uh Austin, we are so excited to have you on today. How's it going, man? hey it's going pretty good man thanks for having me absolutely so we thought we would address this head-on uh obviously a great tragedy yesterday in the sports world with kobe bryant and his daughter and all nine people on board the helicopter Um, but you said you've met kobe before you've gotten an opportunity to ask him questions so we just wanted to hear you know from your opinion in the sports world being a figure there kind of how you're taking the news, what your experiences what your experiences were with Kobe Bryant.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a total shock to, you know, the whole nation, just because he wasn't just an influencer in the sports world, but more so just in the entire world. Uh, I feel like he, his involvement and in things off the court were, uh, if not greater than his involvement, you know, while he was playing sports. So that's why I think, you know, you see the nation, uh, you know, kind of coming together around this. And mourning his death, uh, I just remember, you know, him coming to our field, our practice field, and talking to us, and talking about his mentality, you know, trying to get us ready for a game, and uh, one of the points he made that I remember is, like, when you, like you got to be a lion, when a lion's hunting, and have fleas in your eyes, talking about distraction, and things like that, you don't pay any attention, you just keep your eyes on the prize, and then at that time, you know, the eyes on the prize would be like like going out and feasting, you got to go eat, exactly, so... I just remember him, you know, sharing his knowledge with us, and you know, he's been doing that forever now, um, since he started playing, and you know, it's just a big shock to everybody, and you know, it's just, just a reminder, you know, you never know, because you know, he's healthy, everything like that, but you never know. You gotta take, can't take life for granted, and you know, live it to your fullest. You know, I was out with my girlfriend and her family. It was when I found out the news, and it was kind of like, whoa, like you would have never expected that, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, he'll never, his legend, his legend and his, his, uh, past will never die, you know, it'll always be instilled in, in people that looked up to him and knew about him and what he was all about. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. It, it uh, Jack and I yesterday were <clears throat> in New York City and we were actually recording our first video podcast. So we were live in front of a camera and we just posted it to our Instagram of a buddy of ours stood up during the, when we were recording and we we're like, what the hell could he be interrupting us for right now? We thought, like, since so we were doing a Super Bowl preview, we are like, maybe Pat Mahomes got hurt or something. And we're just like, what could this be about? Right. <laughs> and he, st- he stood up and told us, and, like, we have a live reaction video, and we just kind of froze. It, it, like, it almost doesn't seem real. Like, me, you, and Jack are all around the same age. So, like, none of us really grew up watching Michael Jordan, but we all grew up loving the NBA, And Kobe Bryant was was really our guy that people say he was the closest thing to Jordan in terms of his killer mentality and even his style of play. But just to see like our MJ just taken from us at, at such a young age, it just doesn't feel real. But I wanted to switch this back to you a little bit, because we all grew up talking about Mamba mentality and that killer mentality. And from doing my research on you and obviously following you in the NFL and being a huge fan you kind of, in my um, third-party opinion, really embody that Mamba mentality, um, being that you were undrafted. You came from such a small school. No, The Chargers took a shot on you when uh, 31 other teams didn't. Um, so maybe if you could just talk about like how the Mamba mentality impacts you. I mean, just from what I'm reading, it's always like you're just a nobody-cares-work-harder type guy. And that's gotten to mm-hmm. you in the position you are today and being as fortunate as you are to have success in the NFL and to be a number one running back on a team. It just seems like you kind of embody everything that Kobe was about. Just put your head down and work.
1: Right. I like how you said, yeah, that nobody cares where Carter at it because that's exactly what it's been. Uh, you know, same as Kobe, like you said. But uh, kind of started back to just being at a Division two school where, you know, it didn't I went to a situation where we had, like, four seniors on my freshman year, and they didn't really care, and so that was what was driving the team, and it was kind of – there was no leadership. And so I was the only one that really cared a lot, and I kind of showed, you know, because I'd get up in front of the team and, you know, talk and talk to them and be like, oh, guys, like, we have a game tomorrow. Like, what are we doing? Things like that. And so I kind of took over that team at a young age, and my entire class kind of followed behind me. And, you know, we ended up turning that program around and then getting into the NFL, getting a shot. You know, coming from a Division two, undrafted, uh, a lot of skepticism about if I was going to be strong enough, if I could handle it, if I was fast or slow, things like that. And so I actually left school a semester early just to go train and go all in on what I thought was my dream. And uh, so I left school. I told my mom, like, hey, I told so my family, was like, okay, don't bother me during this time. Like, I get it. You were excited. You want to know things. But let me just focus on this and go all in. And, you know, ended up doing that and then got to this point where I'm at the Chargers, and now I have a, an opportunity. And it's exactly what you're saying. No one cares work harder. I knew I had everything to prove, and that's what I tried to do my first year. I literally went full try-hard mode is what I call it, just everything. I didn't <laughs> care. 100%, 100% speed, I'm going 100%. You know, I'm not lollygagging, you know, letting a guy get by me and things like that. And it showed, you know, I, I made my showing on scout team special teams you know, special teamers are usually not the starters on the team, and I was on the scout team, special team. I was sixth string on depth chart for running back, so it's like, there's not there's not many sixth stringers that make it, you know, uh, so I had, to, I had to find a way to stand out, and it was just through my mentality, and just when I did get an opportunity, I get like four or five plays uh, practice, you know, my rookie year, and then I get a few more on uh, scout team, special teams, so Those around my opportunity. I took full advantage of it and made sure that I would have no regrets going out there, and and playing, and that's kind of just grown, you know. Year after year, I've just been coming out with the same mentality. Okay, I got everything to prove again and again and again. And now it's kind of grown into this situation where I'm looking like, dang, like I'm carrying the tote, the rock for the charges right now, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think I've noticed that the most, especially reading stuff about you, is that you've never lost that mentality. A lot of people, they get comfortable, right? You're on sixth string, okay, of course i got to work hard and make it to the league. And then some players can get comfortable, but you haven't. But I'm curious, like you said, you're six on the depth chart, right? There's hundreds of players at camp, and it's you only get so many touches. And even if you impress in those touches, we've seen it on hard knocks, you see it when you follow your own teams, like players will still get left behind. What do you think specifically made the difference to actually getting noticed and then you get to continue to prove yourself while other players, they might have a great camp, but there's just still not a spot for them?
1: Uh, For me, it was definitely George Stewart, who's our special teams coach. Uh, You know, I went and talked to him right after camp. uh, No, not camp, right after OTAs um, and mini camp. And I was like, hey, man, like, what do I got to do to, like, make this team? He's like, well, look, he's like, I like what you've been doing on the scout team, uh, special teams. Um, coach Lynn didn't even know who I was. I went and talked to him. I was like, Coach, I asked him the same question. He told me to go talk to George Stewart.
2: He, was like, he didn't know who I was
1: when so I went and talked to him. You know, So that, that was an option as far as running back because he was a running back coach. He was watching them. So my only opportunity was through special teams at that point. And so I went and talked to him, and he told me, you know, the things I need to work on. But then he just sat down and had a conversation with me. You know, I think getting to know him and actually, you know, listening to him and talking to him kind of meant a lot to him as a person. You know, it was just not even – didn't have anything to do with football. You know, it came down to, like, just knowing him as a person and he kind of got to know me and kind of my mentality and, you know, where I came from. And I think he liked that. And then coming back into the fall, you know, I was making some plays on special teams. You know, I'd make a play here and there and running back, but, you know, we had Melvin and all these other guys in front of me, so I had a long way to go there. So that wasn't really my shot. And so I ended up making on special teams, had, like, four or five tackles. And, you know, the preseason games, and that kind of set me apart. It's like, oh, okay, this guy can kind of play running back, and he's making plays on special teams. So that's how I got my shot. And then, I mean, right. there's a guy, like like you asked, like a guy that's coming into camp. You know, I'd say the same thing. You know, you need to go talk to these people. They need to know who you are. You know, it, don't annoy them. You can't be, like, always just hounding on it. But, you know, like, sit down, ask questions, because they like that. They like to know that you actually care, because the biggest thing in their eyes is kind of trust you on the field. Like the type of player that you are it will obviously help, but if they can trust you on the field and know that you know what you're doing, doing the right thing, it's going to help you out as a player.
2: Right, and you you specifically come from a unique situation. You you talked about being undrafted, and then you join, you make, you start to make a name for yourself on the Chargers, start climbing your way up the up the depth chart, doing work on special teams, and like you said, a lot of people on special teams don't get a chance to get the ball on offense and everything, but you come into a situation where not many people know, know who Austin Eckler are, is, but everyone knows this first-round draft pick from Wisconsin and Melvin Gordon and the impact that he had on such a national level. Um, how, did, how did working behind a guy like Melvin and seeing the different backgrounds you guys came from, you being um, really not talked about and him being in the national spotlight year after year, um, make you work harder to the point where you're eventually splitting carries with this guy. And obviously contractually some things went down with Melvin where then you became the number one guy.
1: Right. I think, you know, with Melvin in the spotlight, you know, kind of set the bar for all the other running backs in the room. Um, it's like, okay, well, if you want to get, you know, some, some carries, some anything, some production, some, you know, of the media attached, you got you to get to this level. And you know, with my mentality, okay, that was the bar. That's where the bar is set. You know, and going for this this year it's like, okay, I'm I'm pushing for it, pushing for it. And then I got a chance to know I'm in the spotlight, or even carry or the starter anyway. And I was like, okay, now it's my chance to you know show that I can do this as well. And so it ended up working out for me. But yeah, definitely him him being in front of me for those two years, and even you know, like halfway through this year, it's like that's that's the that's the standard you know, that's the minimum to be a starter in this, in this league and get the spotlight and get the media attention. You have to do at least this. And, you know, you that I'm pushing for further now. I get to, I feel like I've got to the point where it's like, okay, I think I've proved, you know, that I can play in this league and make plays consistently. And so I feel like I've gotten up to that level, you know, where he is, you know, we're, different, we're definitely different players. Uh, no doubt about it, different body types, different running styles, uh, different, you know, advantages and disadvantages about both of us. But I feel like I've got to that point as far as my ability this year and now it's now where where can I push it to next level
2: right and maybe what was it like like when Melvin was holding out this year and you were being so productive for the Chargers and really bursting onto the scene and really ruining my fantasy team uh, when I tried (laughs) when I tried to grab you so I appreciate that but uh just not knowing the unknown like okay Melvin obviously has a heck of a resume in this league and I'm just coming onto the scene. What was that like for you? Maybe mentally handling it um, in terms of going out there every day and still trying to compete, knowing that maybe if Melvin was coming back, you would have to take a back seat in some sort of way. How, how did that, how were you able to handle that on and off the field?
1: Right. You know, we uh, shoot, you know, us in the running back room. We're rooting for this guy. Like, you know, especially as a running back, everyone in the league should be for this guy because he's trying to get paid. You know, so if any yep. of our running backs and get yep. paid, you know they're setting the bar for our market. And so that's what we—that's what we need. You know, we need people to go out and you know maybe hold out and try to get paid or you know, show like, hey, you know, we're worth more than what you guys are paying. So and at the same time, it's putting me in a situation where I'm getting the starting spot. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword for me. It's like, well, I want him back, but it's like I get more carries if he's not. And so it's kind of like this weird, awkward spot. But, um, uh, gee, I forgot. What were you asking? We I forgot what you
0: were saying. Here's how you handled that situation, always staying ready. And then I think the coolest part oh, was yeah, how yeah. you you were just as impressive when he was back as when he wasn't there. How, how do you think right. that played into it?
1: Right. You know, I think it – or for, for me, anyway, since kind of last year. Last year and this year, I never really saw myself as, like, a backup. Uh, mm-hmm. I always felt like I was just a starter, but it was just a starter in my role. So I played a little bit of special teams, but I also played a little bit of offense. And so I never felt like I was necessarily a backup because I felt like I did get a decent amount of playing time. I'm um, Sure, Melvin on the depth chart as far as running back is the starter, but there's things that, like, thematic-wise that I do that he's not schemed up for, so I'm starting in this certain specific role that's kind of built around me. So when it came to Melvin not being here this year, It it was more of the same. It didn't really feel that different. It just was me running the ball more than I usually do. You know, usually I'm coming in, running routes. You know, I'll still run the ball, you know, get it done there. But, you know, more so in the passing game is what I've been effective in, like, last year.
0: Totally. I mean, listen, there's a flex position at the Pro Bowl. I'm a Ravens guy. I love Patrick Ricard. But you seem to fit that flex role. I'm just going to go out there and say we might have been snubbed from the Pro Bowl. What do you think when the overall just like, like how close you were? How's that keep driving you going going into next year? Is uh, that and know, is that a real goal for you?
1: The, the crazy thing is, yeah, that's a good question because like even coming into this year, uh, I look back at my last year, my second year, I was more of a special teams, uh, special teams player, and then offensive player too, on like on the side. But coming in this year it was all offense. So I don't think I had one special team snap. You know, so coming in, I had no idea what to expect. I was expecting to, you know, be more so same thing as I did last year, Melbourne be the starter and I'd be special teams and running back and it was nothing like that. And so at this point, you know, coming into this season it was like, Okay, how far can I push this? You know, kinda test my limits as okay, I'm the guy, I'm in the spotlight, I'm running the ball, catching the ball, doing all these things, scoring touchdowns. So how far can I take that? I wasn't even thinking pro ball, I was just thinking, you know, how far can I take this position that I'm in, this opportunity? And then now ending the year looking back it's like man you know I was pretty close if if not right on the borderline uh, to pushing into that and I think it's just because of my name you know I'm kind of like a under the radar guy unless you're a Chargers fan And now this year kind of opened me up for fantasy sports and kind of gave more you know push behind Austin Eckler and so I think that'll help going forward and you know even if I'm more productive too so
0: Well, I don't think you understand how big of a community you're just going to be welcomed into. So a little backstory on how we started the podcast. I have a sports Snapchat account, so I post highlights, memes. I go to games, kind of highlight behind-the-scenes stuff, and I have over a million followers. So I I figured Abe and I have been debating sports for a very long time. And, you know, we've had Nate Burleson on, but, like, with all due respect to Nate, like, you're a superstar right now in the NFL, and you're going to be welcomed in to kind of just a million-plus diehard sports fans who are going to think it's really cool that Abe and I, who are just the casual sports fan, is getting an opportunity to talk to you. So you're you're going to get a lot of love, and people are going to know your name going forward, and because of your play on the field. Um, yeah, no but, I, I appreciate it. Definitely have it definitely has to
2: do with all of us and not the uh... – x amount of yards that he ran for in yeah, yeah right. it's, it's, <laughs> right, it's right, about my right. snapchat followers not a thousand receiving yards in the nfl yeah, if you don't mind if you don't mind we can cut this part out but yeah jack and i are going to take total credit for the rise of austin eckler <laughs> <laughs> um, i appreciate uh, it however,
1: however uh, it happens then
2: i'll take it <laughs> uh austin so
0: we got to know philip rivers right everyone knows about yeah. philip rivers and yeah. then I feel like the clip dropped right at the end of the year. And you just seem to be, I don't know, and I am very curious to know, have you ever talked a bit of trash in your life? And then what is it like standing in the backfield next to a guy who just seems like he shouldn't be the biggest trash talker ever, but he loves to run his mouth? <laughs>
1: See, no, I'm not much of a trash talker because I'm just more focused on myself. Like, I don't care. Unless you unless you provoke me and you are asking for it, then, then I'll talk back. But, other than that, I'm just playing the game, trying to make, you know, most of my opportunities. But, yeah, going to Phillip, uh, you don't really see it until until he gets, like, tired or, like, I'm talking practice right now, unless something's going on or something's, like, egging him. Then I'll see it. He'll start yelling at the defense or if the defense does something that he didn't like, then he'll start getting at our own defense or our defensive coaches. And it's all fun and games. And the actual games when, yeah, you're kind of like – it comes out of nowhere, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, some things like provoke it, like when he got pushed down on my like 99 yard touchdown. That was probably my favorite. <laughs> wasn't that, my wasn't favorite that your touchdown? 99. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: okay, you were the one that ran. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I was, yeah. I don't know. that was my favorite time that he was talking trash. But uh, it would just come out of nowhere, and just like, what the heck? It's kind of like you know he does it, but it just comes out of nowhere, so it surprises you every time because you just kind of forget, just because he just when he when he talks, he's you know he never swears or anything like that, and it's never usually yeah. anything too negative.
2: So she's like, oh man, my
1: gosh, god. Okay, Phil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crap. You know. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's great. I love his mentality. He's just a super competitor. Like probably one of the most competitive people I've played with. You know? And I mean, sometimes, sometimes that can even be, you know, a negative too. Because sometimes, you know, he'll get yeah. on you. Like he just as a younger player, he'll get on you, and you be like, oh crap. And at the end of the game, he he'd like, yeah, oh, that was actually my fault. You know, my bad. You know. So you know, it has its ups and it has also has its downs.
0: Uh, on on the edge of that, I think another experience of playing with Philip Rivers is playing a one possession game late in the fourth quarter. Without fail, was there a single game this year where the game did not come down to him potentially driving oh down the field goodness. to win a game? It's crazy, right? It didn't
1: seem like it. Yeah, no, it honestly <laughs> seemed like it seemed like at the end of the year, it's like dang, we were bad, but like we were just barely bad. Oh my God, uh, your one possession Viking games, you know, like we were just barely bad and. Yeah, like every single time. But I mean, you can't put that all on him. Like, there's a lot of different no. things that play a factor into it. But yeah, it just seems like at the end of the, every game, it's like, all right, we got the ball in
0: offense. Let's go do something <laughs> with it, you know, to win the game. Is there actual? I mean, this is your job, right? This is what you do. Do you? Is there a noticeable pressure? Do people ever tighten up? Where like the fourth quarter with two minutes to go is the same as the first quarter first drive. Like it's just kind of what we do at this point.
1: Uh, no. I mean, you come down to the end of the game, everything's definitely – everyone just knows, like, the importance of the drive. You know, in the first quarter, the importance – sure, it's, like, the importance is technically the same. However, it's just not the same intensity feeling. And so just going into the fourth quarter, or even, like, the last drive, you just know, like, every catch, every detail matters, you know, one-on-ones. You have to win, or could it cost us you cost you the game. And so – I don't know. It was, just, it was just frustrating this year because I think that we thought that, hey, since we did it last year, we'll do it again this year and we'll just end up winning these games. And I think we kind of just, you know, got blindsided and say, like, hey, reality check, it's the NFL, like, <laughs> not know how things work. And for whatever reason, we didn't have the same consistency that we had last year, whether it was scheme, you know, player, different players here and there, injuries. You know, we had all that and every team goes through that every year. But, you know, it really, it really hurt us this year.
2: Right, and Jack was Jack was asking because, like, we felt like we turned the Chargers on. You can turn it on because you guys played. Jack and I, Jack's in New York, I'm in Philly, so we turned it on around, like, 640 every day to get, like, the the yeah. hype of the Chargers games. But the year before that, um, <laughs> you guys had an amazing year and went to the playoffs, and thankfully, because I have to deal with Jack, you took down Jack's Baltimore Ravens in the first round. <laughs> it could you talk about I, Austin? Like
0: I am the biggest Ravens fan. I have been literally—we didn't lose for 12, 12 week for three months this year. This podcast was gold, and then obviously Tennessee <laughs> happened. But Abe felt the need to bring that up. No, 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 um, no.
2: I I'm gonna right?
0: listen, listen. I'm gonna allow Austin to speak on last year. But I also want to hear his thoughts on Lamar. I think that's a fair compromise. I have to relive bad memories, but I get to hear a nice insight on anyway, my favorite. what I was For gonna sure. say before sure. Jack,
2: what I was gonna say before Jack started crying about, about <laughs> his team losing in the divisional round was, what is that like different level? Because we're talking about how you guys get the ball at the end of the fourth quarter on a random week eight game, and then what is that heightened level of intensity when you're going to take the field on what you what may be your last game of the season? just the playoff atmosphere in general you experiencing in, in your first year and having a significant role uh, with a playoff team?
1: Um, I, I think it just shows that, hey, like, you can you can do it. Like, the intensity level, all of that, like, everything heightens, especially when it's playoff. playoff. Um, and especially when you're on the verge, like, oh, we got to win all these games from here on out to even get into the playoffs so you can have a chance, you know, talking this year. But just going forward from that is just, just as a confidence level in yourself, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm doing it. Like I'm a part of this team that's winning games and, you know, pushing to have a playoff run. Um, and then, yeah, going back to the, the Baltimore game, my first win, you know, I remember that, you know, my <laughs> He's laughing my, neck, <laughs> I remember my neck, my neck was like messed up. I had nerve damage in my neck. And so it's kind of one of those mentalities that comes out of you. It's like, Hey, I, I don't, it, doesn't matter, like, I'm going to play. Like, I, we've come this far, done all this work, and it's, like, at an opportunity that you might not get again. So, you know, you're putting everything on the field. And just because you know that intensity level is, is rising. And, you know, fortunately we ended up winning that game, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, falling short to the, the Patriots the next round. But, you know, it's special because you never know when it will come again because I feel like this year we thought we were going to make
0: it and we're going to be a great team because we had a lot of the same players
1: back and then obviously it didn't happen.
0: Totally. All right. Now, now give me what I had to go through that for. (laughs) Thoughts on Lamar? Uh, I mean, like a lot of people, you know, they want to pin the choke thing on him. Uh, He obviously did not choke. He's MVP. The Ravens just played an altogether bad game blah, 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 but your thoughts (laughs) on, like, Lamar felt like something just, he was just so captivating to watch this year, and it wasn't even from a Ravens fan, Abe hates my guts, hates the Ravens, just in Uh, spite of me, but he even admitted watching Lamar was kind of crazy this year, so just in being in a league with someone like that, who's going crazy, and it's on every single Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc., like, what was that like this year?
1: Uh, I don't know. I could see him being the start of a new era, like as far as as the quarterback position. You know, these. I mean, he's definitely like excelling at what I'm about to say. But like the more so, like the the agile. You know, get out of the pocket guys that can run and also throw. Uh, you, I'm starting to see that become more relevant. You know, you know, Pat Mahomes. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers was one of those guys. You know, earlier in his career. But, uh, you know, these guys are starting to rise. I think it's, you know, people are starting to like it, and it's exciting. And, you know, it gets the fans excited. It gets everyone excited when you have these electric guys like him. He's definitely elite. And, like, even watching his highlights, you're just like, wow, this is ridiculous. Like, he's just an elite, elite athlete. He can throw, run, you know, <laughs> all of it. Um, you know, last year, too, you know, looking at him, you're like a little skeptical. Like, oh, is this guy going to be able to do it? But he, whatever he did in the office, he brought it together, got his confidence, got comfortable, whatever it was, you know, he's, he's putting on a show now and, you know, it's great for the entire NFL just because, you know, we need that. We need players like that. Cause that's what makes the league go. That's what, you know, people are buying those jerseys. People are going to watch, Hey, let's watch Lamar. You see his highlight, you know, people are talking about, it, like you said on the Twitter feed. So as many players, as we can get like that. You know, I'm trying to be like that. Everyone's trying to be like that. Everyone's trying to be right. You know, the exciting player on their team, you know, sell the jersey, get the hype. And, you know, it's just a big ecosystem of, of, uh, of just publicity, you know, it's good for the players, good for the league, it's good for everything. So, you know, having players like him that are that electric, you know, you want them to play as long as you can and you want, cause that's, that's what, you know, the league's uh, <clears throat> built off of.
2: Yeah. You like you nowadays, you have these guys, especially in the age of social media, where we see all these highlights everywhere, every Sunday and Lamar bursts onto the scene and captivates everyone, Pat Mahomes, and even you in a way, because you were, You were no one really knew who you were, and then you just burst on the scene. You're catching 15 balls against the Denver Broncos in a game. But was there that one player maybe in your first or second year where you took the field against him and you were just like, like holy shit, like I like you felt like more of a fan than an an opponent because like you grew up watching, idolizing whether it was on the defensive Uh side of the ball and a guy trying to take your head off, or just from the sideline and watching another running back. Was there like that one guy that you can point to? You were just like oh, my God, I'm playing with or against somebody? I mean, it's
1: probably my first year coming in and playing with up just because I, I came from a Division two school, so it was, like, such a long shot for me to even make it. It was, like, wow, like, I'm actually, like, taking handoffs from this guy. Like, he's handing me the ball into my stomach and, like, throwing me the ball. And he's, like, talking to me, like, hey, protect me from this guy and this guy. Like, he's actually, like, giving me, you know, recognition. So just being able to work with him every day kind of was like a – it was just a wow factor, especially because earlier on I was getting like, you know, four reps of practice and that was be with like the third string quarterback. So you still like right. distant from me, you know, so I feel like that was the real wow. Because, I mean, growing up, I didn't really watch the NFL. You know, I watched college because my coach or my cousin coached at Nebraska. And so it wasn't really like a reality for me until about my junior year of college.
2: Right. Um, so you've, never, you've never heard Philip curse once, right? Not <laughs>
1: once. Not one time.
2: I can't believe it. We gotta get full up on. I'm gonna get a curse word out of him. <laughs>
1: Good luck.
0: I've seen I think that stressful situations and not one.
2: <laughs>
0: I uh, mean, if it's if... interesting that you say like you never even thought NFL, and that you're just such a big college player or college fan rather. Like most people, you know, right. they say, "Oh, I want to play in that." That's really cool that you you almost like took it one step at a time, which is nice. Right, no,
1: exactly. That's exactly what I did. You know, I just focused on the moment and what I was doing at that time, and now that's I haven't changed. I've been doing the same thing, and it's always been, okay, how can I keep improving on my last year, improve on the last year? And so I've just continued to do that, and that's what, that'll continue to be my mindset.
0: Well, I would say it's working, so if you need any advice, I would just say keep, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, so Thanks. it is Super Bowl week. It's Monday. Uh So with that being said, the Chiefs are playing the Niners. Abe and I did our Super Bowl preview yesterday. Abe picked the Chiefs. I picked the Niners. You play against the Chiefs twice a year, so I think you have a good up-close understanding of what they do. And from a football perspective, you know, we're having you on the podcast on Super Bowl week. We need the breakdown, and we need the prediction, and we need you to get it right. So no pressure (laughs) in that sense. Right, uh, <laughs> a lot riding out of that.
1: <laughs>
0: no, but I mean,
1: I, it's going to be a good matchup just because I mean the run defense from the Chiefs has been what everyone's talked about, and you know, you know, forty nine got some good running backs over there that have, have been showing out in the playoffs. But I know, I feel like I feel like that's going to be a wash. I feel like it'll be pretty even on the day. Uh, I think it's going to come down to you know these offenses, and I think Mahomes is just the the more explosive playmaker on offense, and so. I think it's going to come down to him. I think he's going to have a huge game, and I think he's going to go off. He's going to be running the ball like we saw Lamar doing. He's going to be running. He's going to be throwing like he's been doing all year. And I think he's going to end up getting it done. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's that's
2: what any, I want. any
0: any score score
1: prediction? I no, I got no score prediction, but I'm thinking it's going to be a
2: higher scoring game. <laughs> okay, uh, we, I know yeah, we Jack and I. Jack and I. Solid, pick. But. Yeah, we pick a score for almost every big game and everything, and I don't think we've ever gotten it right. So I'm trying to convince Jack to maybe fade that part out of snapback. But, um, yeah, but this matchup in particular, you have, like, it feels like two of the exact opposite styles of football, right? You have the new mm-hmm. age and, like, the the analytical nerds of football that say throw, 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 <laughs> throw, throw. And then you have the grounded pound of maybe the old school football with more of a, a manager, at quarterback, than – a, a takeover and Jimmy Garoppolo versus Brooke right. Mahomes. And like
0: right. it's just so it's like how will these stop? Well this is interesting, Abe. Abe, where does Austin Eckler fit into this? Right? Is he on the nerd throw 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 as a receiving back? Or <laughs> I don't know. Swiss, <laughs> you should you, you should Swiss have thought through him. that before it's you are, are you saying are you saying <laughs> he'll never play in a Super Bowl because he doesn't fit one of the stereotypical pass offense or rushing no, offense. Now you're doing well, what you usually do, and you're now. twisting
2: my words. Austin is <laughs> still calling us, and I'm just pointing to the fact that – And I he can play, play for too.
0: both teams. He could do all-time offense <laughs> in this yeah, game. Yeah. I can perfect run, perfect run, I can pass
1: for you, whatever you need. I can, I can, I can run routes, I can do it all. Do, I'll play on special teams if you need. Like, I'll just go no. no. there. Yeah,
0: do you have – can you throw it all? Like –
1: Would you be a trick play option? That's where where you're probably going to get me. I'm not going to be throwing any bombs down the field. I mean, I can make a little short pass like everyone else can, but (laughs) that's about it.
0: Okay.
2: (laughs) Fair enough. Right. But it should Um, be. We're we're all just hoping because last year's Super Bowl, we've discussed, was pretty much a snooze fest. Um, I think everyone thinks this game is going to be electric with the talent and the different styles of football on both sides of the ball. So we're definitely excited.
1: Yeah, I'm on. Are you going to you gonna be down there? there? Are you
2: going to be down there for the game?
1: I won't. I won't. I'm in Colorado no. right now.
0: Gotcha. yeah. That's not know. too bad. I've I've seen you and your girl. That you've been making some meals. Uh, who cooks? And <laughs> if it's you, do you have a best recipe?
1: Uh, no, she cooks. She definitely cooks. She's she a really cooked. good cook. And it's okay. all vegan food too. She does a great job.
0: No, ah.
1: She Ah. Clean and do all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I, I offered then, her the help, and she's like, "No, I can just do it. I'm I'm fine." I'm like, all right. So
0: <laughs> you said it, it's all vegan?
1: Yeah, she's vegan. Yeah, and so, so when she could obviously a vegan meal.
0: I oddly enough like two months ago, went on a vegan diet for five days just to try it. I was curious, like, how mm-hmm. it would make my body feel, et cetera. What's your thought as um, – I mean, I would say I'm an elite athlete. You're an elite athlete, just a bunch of elite athletes eating vegan. But how's it affect your body? What are your <laughs> thoughts on it? Um, it's
1: definitely more lean as far as my intake, you know, as far as fats and things like that. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's helped me out in the mornings because for whatever reason, I have more energy in the mornings. Uh, okay. especially if i eat like a vegan dinner or things like that and some with just no meat no meat or no dairy uh, plant-based is what we call it because vegans more so the lifestyle i uh, like right. you know, animal products in general but um you know and i've kind of been trying to cut back from my meat intake just in in general just because i've usually eat meat every single meal and i'm one that's not really realistic i feel like it just leads to a lot of heart problems and so I'm trying mm-hmm. to just modernize and just kind of come around my house and, you know, kind of take control over it because that's just how I grew up. And so finally on my own, kind of making decisions about my meals and even meeting with our nutritionist. Like our, our nutritionist doesn't eat me either for the same reasons. So,
2: yeah. Right. I, I I mean, we're talking about your vegan diet, and it definitely shows because you – one thing about you is that people say that you're just like – a monster in the weight room, always looking on to put another plate on the squat rack on the bench press. <laughs> but I <laughs> I was doing a little deeper dive into your workouts because I, I myself like to keep in shape and work out. <laughs> I want to I wanna talk about some of these workouts. I'm seeing a, a Victory Monday workout after you guys beat the Bears <laughs> this year with some one-handed pull-ups while you're reading a book. Is that just like showing off? Like, do you actually <laughs> read while you're no,
1: I, I mean, I would just – in the middle of the workout, and I was like, "All right, we're gonna do this video." It was all Let's planned. Let's have some fun. book's just a the, yeah. The book's just a prop. It's like actually no book. There's not even words on the book. Oh, and, yeah, oh I've noticed the yeah, book is a recurring. I let down theme.
2: for everybody, you know. <laughs> I've noticed <laughs> yeah, the book has exactly. become a recurring theme in that you're doing push-ups while. While your girl is reading a book on your back, uh, there's another right. book where you're doing crunches. But there's
0: no screen words screen. even being read in any of these scenarios? <laughs> it's, just, it's a prop. It's a prop. That's where like, do you even find important. an empty book? Where do you
2: find an I empty book? Just have a notebook
1: lying around, you know? Like, oh, oh okay. okay.
2: I'm not much of a it's reader actually, in
1: general when I work I-R-D out I-R-D either. I have an idea notebook. All right, all well, maybe ideas, we'll send
0: you maybe. a real book so that you can at least impress on it. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, the yeah, last thing it. is, I see you. Uh, you're, you've done a bunch of giveaways recently on your Instagram. It's at Austin yeah. Uh I am like, it, I don't want to say I'm the king of giveaways, but one of my favorite things to do is That's to like That's exactly give what, you
2: <laughs> <laughs> what you
0: want to say. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to put it in a in a good way. So what, even I like to do, whether it's through my snap, whether it's through on this pod, is we give away uh, different things. So it could just be, you know, T-shirts. It could be we've sent some people to basketball games, to football games, like their first ever games, which are really cool because I think, you know, I've been to a bunch Mm -hmm. of games. you obviously playing them. It's a a different experience. So you've given away jerseys. Uh, I just am offering this as a potential opportunity, just saying we can get you a few more followers. Uh, (laughs) I would say thousands of followers. If you would be interested in pairing up for a giveaway. So, just something to keep in the back of your mind. All right. I know you, all right. you have liked to give some stuff away. Plus, we want to get your name out there and we appreciate you uh, coming on the uh, pod. So. How do
1: you guys do your giveaways?
0: Do uh, you all the. Like- all different ways. I mean, in this case, like something is you coming on, we would literally say, you know, go to Austin's page and follow him, and then you would do a similar post to what you did. Whatever we decide to give away, whether right. it's signed jersey, hat, uh, signed notebook, because you're sure. clearly not using that. Uh, but yeah, we we will do you know, leave a rating. <laughs> like yeah. I like so, uh, no, because
1: yeah, because my giveaways have kind of been like interactive, like. I have a YouTube channel as well, and I'll be like, "How many pull-ups can I do in two minutes?" Going, guess. If you're the first first person to get it right, then you get a jersey. Like things like that. I love it too. Like you know, that's who interacts with people at the same time.
2: Maybe I know. I love that. I'm thinking about setting up a camera. I'm gonna go do a back workout today and set up a camera. I'm gonna (laughs) do how many pull-ups? How many pull-ups I can do in a minute? Probably around 12 to 14, and then we'll have people (laughs) guess. (laughs) We could
0: do. Abe and I could fly out, and we could do how many pull-ups can Austin Eckler do with Abe holding onto his left leg and Jack <laughs> onto his right? Guess how many. That could be a good one. I
1: feel like a lot we'll we'll, had, we'll yeah. work on it.
0: We're, we're going to put you in a little yeah, group so chat, awesome. and we'll figure out the, the prize. But, uh, <laughs> right, Austin, it. thank you so much for coming on to the pod. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, your thoughts on Kobe were really touching. Uh, Super Bowl week in a year – so in a year from now, when you're playing in the Super Bowl and, like, today's Monday, so it'll be media night and, and Abe and I are down there, like, can, can we at least get to ask you a question for media day? Can you make that promise? Yeah, let's do it. All right.
2: Yeah, Austin, thank you so much. Um, this has been a great experience for Jack and I. Um, had a great conversation with you. All the We're best like to the you. undrafted
0: podcasters. That's how. Yeah, let's mean. go. I love it. Right. Uh, We're the Austin awesome Eckler podcast. You know? but
2: seriously, man, seriously, all the best um, for the rest of your career, especially health. Um, you're doing great things in the league on and off the field uh, with these giveaways and everything. So just keep doing what you're doing, man, because it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, as sports lovers, Jack and myself, we really do love an underdog story because we feel like, even though our careers aren't panning out as we thought they would athletically, <laughs> we can we can live vicariously through guys like you. So thanks for coming on, man. Just keep doing what you're doing.
1: Absolutely, I'd like to say the same to you guys. Keep doing what you're doing because you know it's helping guys like me and you know, a lot of other guys get more recognition and get our story out there. So I appreciate you guys. Absolutely. All right, brother. We'll
2: be in touch, Austin. Take it easy. Uh, enjoy your right, guys.
1: You guys have a good one.